Hello and thanks for joining us on Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Christmas Day is almost here, so from all of us at Search for Truth Radio, may I wish you peace and happiness as we remember that world-changing event once again. May Jesus be born in your heart at this time, if you haven't already received him. Today we continue our 12-part series called The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. With talk number nine, where Brian considers how to exercise a listening and discerning mind. People sometimes describe enlisting others to support a cause as winning hearts and minds, and it's our wish that through these studies our minds might be positively influenced and realigned for good and our hearts subsequently captivated to serve God by exemplary Christian living. So, exercising a listening and discerning mind, let's listen and think with Brian. Thanks, John. Mentioned there of Christmas, and at Christmas time we often ask friends and family members what they might like for a gift. Well, there's a connection with what we want to think about today, because do you remember what it was that King David's son Solomon asked for when God appeared to him and invited him to request of him whatever he wanted? This was at the beginning of his reign, and we read, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. Then Solomon said, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Were you caught out by that answer? Perhaps you thought that Solomon asked for wisdom. Well, God gave him that as well. For since his request was pleasing to God, God replied, I have given you a wise and discerning heart. In some Bible versions, the alternative marginal readings clarify that when Solomon asked for an understanding heart, it could more literally have been expressed as asking for a listening heart. Of course, that begs the question, listening to what? Solomon wanted a heart that was tuned in to God's law or God's word. There's always wisdom in doing that. The Bible repeats this good advice, today, hear his voice. We hear God's voice by paying close attention to what he says to us in the Bible. The opening verses of Isaiah chapter 66 tell us, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. That is, if we want to grab God's attention... All we need to do is to humbly accept God's word and let it hold sway over all the world's views, that is, to let God be true and every man a liar. Let's not undervalue the pleasure God gets when we read and respect his word. I remember a story from Tucson in the United States. A man brings an old blanket 
to the United States edition of the Antiques Roadshow, which there also is a popular television programme where people are invited to bring items from their homes to be valued by experts. People are always hoping they'll discover they're holding on to something far more valuable than they'd ever imagined. Well, as we said, this particular chap brought an old blanket, something he'd regarded as quite commonplace, perhaps. But when the expert saw it, his eyes lit up. For this was a blanket that had once belonged to a Navajo Indian chief around 1840. Suddenly, this item was transformed in its owner's eyes. Perhaps he'd arrived with it slung casually over his arm, but now with a $500,000 price tag placed upon it, he left in the company of security guards. Something regarded as commonplace had been suddenly transformed. Sometimes, perhaps, our Bible-reading discipline can seem a little forced. There may be times when we hardly seem to be enjoying it, even begin to wonder if it's worth it. May our valuation of what pleases God be radically revised upward, like the man with his antique blanket. Remember, it's those who rediscover the immense value of God's word who get God's attention. Summing up thus far, what we've seen with Solomon is that an understanding heart was in effect a listening mind, a mind constantly listening to God. Too often we listen to the world around us, we absorb uncritically the views of our peers, and we all too readily let them dictate to us what's fair and normal. You know, Genesis at the very beginning of the Bible tells us all we need to understand about origins, and Leviticus informs us all we need to know about marriage. Listening to God's word makes us to be able to discern what pleases him. At the close of Hebrews chapter 5, the writer informs us that solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Notice what this verse does. It discloses that discernment is the evidence of maturity, and that discernment gets trained as we practice critically thinking through what to like and what not to like when we distinguish carefully between what's true and what's false, and between what's good and what's evil. Shockingly, today some Christians consider spiritual immaturity to be the mark of authenticity. Don't trouble me with doctrine or theology, they say. Just give me Jesus. Actually, if we were to ask them, who is Jesus? They would inevitably have to give us a theological or doctrinal answer. But immaturity isn't the way to go. We're not to remain shallow in our understanding of God's word, even although mere head knowledge of it isn't what we're aiming for. Maturity is inseparable from discernment, and the immediate context in Hebrews chapter 5 shows us that we need to become skilled in the word, which brings us back to the great value of it that we were thinking about earlier. The Hebrew Christians being addressed here weren't skilled or trained in God's word, and they had to be told that they were going back or regressing in the Christian life, or at very least they weren't able to take the next steps forward. This was far from progress. God wants us to advance beyond the basics, and that demands us becoming trained in distinguishing between good and evil. 
The benefit this brings is that mature discernment is a defence against counterfeit learning and compromised living. We are to discern what pleases God, what fulfils his will, and what is consistent with Scripture. This level of discernment is developed by practice, as we distinguish between what's better and what's best, between what's good and evil, and between what's holy and profane. Maturity in Christian life is about learning how to distinguish between true and false, between good and bad, between right and wrong. The reason this isn't easy and takes maturity is because the devil is a master counterfeiter. He specialises in masking the difference between what's genuine and what's counterfeit. Copying what God does is what the devil specialises in. No counterfeiter would make a $99 bill, but only an expertly crafted forgery of a $100 bill. It's not meant to be easy to detect. A new £5 note has been recently introduced into the United Kingdom. Checking for counterfeit notes involves a total of 10 checks by touching, tilting and looking both through it and at it. But forgery isn't a new problem, of course. Back in the Greek world, there were rogue money traders. Only some money traders were approved, or in the Bible word, dokimos, a word found with this meaning of approved in the New Testament. Money then was worth its face value in its actual weight. It's from that we get the expression something being worth its weight in gold. A favourite trick back then was to shave off very slight amounts of gold from many coins until you had enough to make a new additional one. Repeat this procedure often enough and you could literally make money. So, to take up the way the Bible applies this word approved, we find Romans 14 and verse 22 saying, Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Coming back to our overall theme of mindfulness, we should be mindful at all times of our Christian identity. A practical way we can apply this can be found in the area of social media, It can be so easy to condemn ourselves by our Facebook likes. This happens when we approve something without thinking through if it conforms to biblical standards, as opposed to expressing the world's view. We can become so accustomed to the latter that we fail to pause and check if what we're liking is really appropriate for someone representing Christianity. In that way, it comes back to being at all times mindful of our Christian identity.
And don't forget there's a transcript book for all the talks in this series and it's available free by asking for the title The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. And you can order the book by email or by post if you write to this address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon SN4 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And also be sure to look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. Uh, this will give you another excellent way of uh, accessing again what you first heard on air. So many thanks for your company today. And once again, a very happy Christmas time from all of us. Our next talk will be the last Saturday of this year. And our talk is entitled The Mind of Christ. An excellent study for a coming new year, God willing. We hope you can join us, but until then, it's every good wish from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So bye for now, and may God richly bless you. Yeah.